Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues have played two games since we last talked, losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2 and beating the Ottawa Senators 2-1 in convincing fashion. So I'm going to be breaking down both of those games, talking about Jake Neighbors play in, in the midst of his call-up. Plus, some injury updates on a bunch of different players. Should be a busy, fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. It's been a busy week for myself. Got some um, personal stuff going on. I won't go into details, but that's why I haven't had to get an episode out until today. All good. Just, just, uh, just a bit of a bit of a hiccup uh, in the road, um, but all good. Excited to get back on the podcast, talk about some hockey stuff, um, you know, the blues, all that fun stuff. Uh, they've been proving me wrong. As you all might know, I was a big I was a big doubter when all the injuries happened. I thought the blues were going to like go on a big losing streak, and they have done quite the opposite. Uh, they did lose two in a row to the Flames and Lightning. I'm going to be talking about that. But I believe they have won more than they've lost since all those injuries happened, which is incredibly impressive, including a great 2-1 to win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, game tomorrow night against the Preds. I might talk about that a little bit, but want to spend most of this episode talking about the two the last two games against the the Lightning and the Senators, plus Jake Neighbors. I want to talk about him. Um, and then injury updates, nothing too concrete, but still definitely should get discussed uh, on the episode. So let's start with the matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning that happened on Saturday uh, in St. Louis against obviously a very, very good Lightning team. Not quite as dominant as they have been in the regular season in years past, but you know, 28-13-1 as of right now. They're obviously an incredibly talented team. Uh, they've won a bunch of Stanley Cups in the last few years. Um, they, they've they've got the best goalie in the world in Andre Vasilevsky, blah, blah, blah. You, you know the story. You know, if you've been listening to this show or you've been following hockey over the last few years, you know how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are. Um, and the Blues, I want to say the Blues held their own in that game, at least in terms of what was expected out of them. Um, look, the Blues aren't a, a a powerhouse team this year. Um, I don't think that's any secret. I don't think that's a hot take. I, I, I You know, the Blues aren't up there with the Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, Vegas Golden Knights, the, you know, the big, the big teams, the teams that really, you know, come in and steamroll teams every other night. Um, Blues aren't there when they're fully healthy, v- much less when they have injuries to their entire defense and Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I don't want to say I wasn't expecting a win. You always go in, you expect a win, you hope for a win. Um, but in terms of, in terms of realistic expectations, I just wanted the blues to look like they belonged. You know, they've, they've played some games against some really good teams in the past where they just look like a, you know, they're in a different league. Um, and I think they did a very good job against Tampa. Obviously, they didn't come away with the victory, but, you know, they held their own. Um, Braden Point did a very good job of, of taking the game over uh, in the in the first period. Um, 
And, you know, they got they got a big power play goal in that first period as well. But other than that, I think the Blues played really well. Bennington wasn't the best in that game, I do have to admit. Um, but other than that, I think the effort was somewhat encouraging. You know, you got the early first period goal from Tyler Pitlick, assisted from Torpachenko. It's good to see that fourth line contribute, especially considering I had called it an AHL line um, earlier last week. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see them contribute. It, it's difficult when you have that much injury uh that many injuries i should say um just you're gonna have you're gonna have depth issues your depth is really going to be tested and it's nice to see that the blues depth was able to contribute in that game you know torpo is a guy that i'm excited to see grow and develop with this team and he's gotten you know limited opportunities so far this season but he's had some flashes and that was a good one getting an assist on that goal tyler pitlick a good example of just a grind the gritty player and he got an early goal there um one the blues didn't necessarily deserve i I would say like it wasn't like they had dominant possession or anything like that um but you know those are the type of goals you get when you have like that that gritty fourth line identity that the blues have but lee didn't last too long as Braden point got his 24th of the year 10 minutes later uh and then he got himself another goal just four minutes after that on the power play and that was kind of all she wrote for the St. Louis Blues in that game. They were playing from behind after that for the rest of the game. Um, Perbix, I don't even know his first name. Uh, Nick Perbix got his fourth goal of the year, uh, 12 minutes into the second. And, you know, that was that was the dagger for the Blues. Um, Booch got himself a goal pretty shortly after that, just a minute or so after that from, of course, Thomas and Cairo, uh, who hadn't had the best game up until that point. The three of them, like the, the, the top, line forwards weren't playing their best i think in that game um buchnevich thomas kairu shen etc um weren't matching the firepower of tampa but you know that goal they kind of reestablished themselves a little bit and it seemed like the blues might have had a chance but Kalorn got his 14th of the year five minutes after that putting the tampa bay lightning up four to two and that was the story for the rest of the game vasilevsky did a spectacular job of shutting the door after that um blues got only seven shots in the third period so you know, Tampa defense, Andre Vasilevsky, it's tough to come back from two goals against a team that good. Um, that being said, though, it was encouraging. You know, I was I was hopeful heading into the Senators game on Monday that the Blues would be able to, you know, go in and beat a good team, and they did exactly that. So I'm going to talk about that in the upcoming second segment. But before I do, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season, basketball. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts just like this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more that is bet online where the game starts and i will be right back with the second half of today's episode all right so blues head in or i wouldn't say head in blues stay in st louis ottawa heads in to st louis blues on the midst of a two-game losing streak really need to establish themselves, establish some momentum, you know, or else they're they're at risk of, of losing a couple in a row, especially with some divisional opponents coming up this week with Nashville and Chicago, uh, Thursday and Saturday, followed by Buffalo. So Jake, uh, Jake Neighbor, Tage Thompson, revenge game incoming. So Blues have some tough, tough tests coming up. Obviously, Chicago's trash, but, you know, always a tough test, always a fun game. Um, so it was certainly a big one for, for St. Louis to come in on Monday and, you know, kind of reestablish their footing 
and show that what they've been proven to me, which I was very much wrong about, that they can still win some hockey games with all of these injuries. Um, I, I read off the list, was it last week, of all the injuries that they had. I think they've gotten, I think Nick Letty came back recently. Um, I, I It's hard to keep track. Um, let me check here. Yeah, Nick Letty was back in that Ottawa game, so... The Blues are starting to get a little bit more healthy. I'm going to talk about that in the third segment, just the, the injury updates. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was an opportunity for the Blues to continue to establish themselves and say, look, we're not just going to go away quietly. You know, they're still close-ish to a playoff spot. In fact, I want to check exactly where they're at. Um, but I, I want to just take this time to say that I was wrong. Um, when all the injury news broke, I expected the Blues to struggle and lose a ton of games and you know, take themselves completely out of the playoff hunt. Now, right now, they're four games back, so still not quite in the playoff hunt in the traditional sense. They've got a couple teams to leapfrog if they were to get there. They're behind Nashville and Colorado. Who Colorado's not in a playoff spot. That's kind of shocking. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely not as bad of a stretch as I expected out of them and as I predicted out of them, so I'm, I'm happy to admit that I was wrong there. Um, and they came in. Uh, against a struggling Ottawa Senators team uh, and and put up a really strong performance. Uh, Jordan Bennington had one of his best games of the season. Uh, 33 saves, uh, 33 shots against 32 sh- saves. Uh, one goal allowed, obviously. Good bounce back against his sort of tough game against the ta- excuse me, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, and that was nice to see. You know, I was worried it was going to snowball with him as it sort of did earlier in the season. He had a couple rough starts in a row and it led to him kind of losing his net to Grice a little bit um, and having that, you know, that incident against, I want to say, Anaheim where he got ejected from the game after he had already been pulled. So was worried that he <clears throat> we were going to see a repeat of that if he struggled against Ottawa, but he did the exact opposite. He rebounded really well. Um, speaking of rebounds actually i don't think jake neighbors goal was a rebound i was going to try to segue there but it might have been a rebound i don't remember jake neighbors got his third goal of the season and i believe his first goal since the recent call-up assisted by kale rosen and josh levo early in the game just five and a half minutes in um i'm going to talk a little bit more about jake neighbors later on in the episode i want to just get through this game first um all about depth scoring in this game so a little concerning that we've seen a couple games in a row now where the top guys haven't been able to find the back of the net. You know, Jordan Kairou's had a bit of a gold drought. Robert Thomas hasn't been producing quite as much. Pavel Buchnevich has had a bit of a drought, etc. But they're still getting production from their, their bottom of the lineup guys. Um, and that includes Nolachari, who has been maybe the most underrated player on the Blues this season, sort of the, the Ivan Barbashev of the team this year. Um, obviously, Barbashev's still on the team, but talking about Barbashev's year last year where he kind of just came out of nowhere and, and was a big goal scorer. Nolachari has hit double-digit goals. I don't know how many times he's done that in his career. I'm actually going to check. Um, he got his 10th goal of the season, only his third time in his multi-year career. I say multi-year because I can't do the math. It looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year career. Only his third time in his eight-year career that he has managed to get double-digit goals, his 10th of the year. He's also um, already achieved his second-highest point total in his career with 18. He His highest is 27, so I assume we're going to see him surpass that as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff in the second half of the season. Um, he has been really, really good. I really hope the Blues re-sign him. I think he's only on a one-year deal, um, but he has been really, really good. He has added a lot of identity and and you know effort to that bottom six for st louis and that 
was shown um, with his 10th goal of the season there in the first period, which turned out to be the game winner. An unassisted goal, one that he kind of had to work for, one that wasn't a traditional goal. You know, you don't you don't typically see goals scored like that. You know, Nolachari unassisted. I'm, I'm assuming that's maybe the first time that that's happened all year. Um, but he has been great for the Blues. Uh, Tim Stutzel got his 19th of the year halfway through the second period, but that was all she wrote for the Ottawa Senators. They put up 13 shots on goal in that third period, so definitely a tall test for Jordan Binnington and the Blues' defense in that third period, and Binnington stood on his head. He had he had this one ridiculous save where it was sort of deflected off of a skate and it bounced off his pad and he somehow kept it out. Maybe a little bit of luck, but also definitely right positioning, confidence, etc., um, I loved what I saw out of Jordan Bennington that game. He has been, like I said last week, um, the MVP of the season for the St. Louis Blues for sure. And they don't win that game without Jordan Bennington, which is unfortunate because they were playing the Ottawa Senators and you'd hope that they would be able to muster more than two goals. Um, but, you know, they played well. Uh, now I want to talk about Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors was an assist away from a Gordie Howe hat-trick in that game. He was a, an inch away from getting his second goal of the night. Now, he, I don't think he's quite ready for a full-time NHL spot just yet. Um, his defense is still fairly questionable, and his his offense is lacking consistency. But he has shown some real flashes of being a solid uh, role player in the NHL. I don't, I don't know if he's going to turn into a star player. Um, obviously, I'm not a prospect evaluator, so I can't really predict too much, but it seems like he could be a good middle of the lineup guy, uh, you know, good at both ends if he works on his defense a little bit, if he, you know, bulks up a little bit. But, you know, that game, he, he shows that he plays with a ton, a ton of emotion. You know, you see a rookie standing up for, I believe it was Braden Shen. No, not Braden Shen. Um, I forget who got hit. But Braden Shen has been, you know, rubbing off on uh, Jake Neighbors. Cue the Tarasenko soundbite. What's a rub off mean? Um, if you don't know that one, look it up. Um, but yeah, Jake Neighbors has definitely learned from Braden Shen. He's developed a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I, you know, I love to see that. Um, it's 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 encouraging. It fits Blues culture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and it just it overall just makes me happy to see um, Jake play well. And he you know he got his third goal of the season. He was close to his fourth. Uh, he also got in a fight. I think that might have been his first fight in his career. I'm pretty sure it was. And he talked about that after that game, saying, you know, he played in, in, in juniors. He got into, a, like, he said nine fights in juniors. So, you know, he wanted to get his first in the NHL. And it was great to see, you know. It, it riled up the team. You could tell it, it really sparked some momentum and, and stuff like that in them. So that was great to see. I was I, I loved to see him play well. I still think he's, I don't think, you know, he'll stick with the big club once the injuries resolve themselves i think he needs a little bit more time in the ahl to develop like i said that defensive iq and maybe bulk up a little bit more but next season i think jake neighbors could be definitely a full-time player for the blues and a full-time impact player as well that being said we do have some injury updates i'm going to go over in this upcoming third and final segment so make sure you stay tuned for that we'll be right back Alrighty, so kind of a short upcoming third segment here, nothing too crazy, but we do have some fairly vague um, injury updates, but 
Today at practice, Vladimir Tarasenko, Logan Brown, Marco Scandella, Scott Perunovic, Tori Krug, and Robert Bortuzzo have all resumed skating at practice. So, baby steps. You know, I think they're still a little bit of ways away. I don't think any of them are super near a return. Ryan O'Reilly hasn't even returned skating yet. Um, so, I'm not getting my hopes up there. However, you know, it's encouraging to see that, you know, Logan Brown... I. I is a guy that is sort of flowed under the radar, but a really important piece getting him back. Scandella, we have no idea what to expect out of him this season. You know, as much as we hate Marco Scandella at times, it would be nice to get him back in the lineup just because the depth is so needing right now, um, or so lacking, I should say. Tori Krug, Robert Portuzo, again, two guys that would just help the defensive depth tremendously. And then Scott Perunovic is sort of the wild card. You know, you never know what to <laughs> what to expect out of him. Um, he has dealt with nagging injuries his whole career, uh, fluky injuries. They're not even related to one another. He's just bad luck, which, you know, that could just mean he's injury prone, but we'll see one if, and when he gets healthy, if, if he, you know, is able to escape that, that injury bug that's, that's nagged him his whole career. Um, so moving through each update or we haven't got a ton, but, um, on Tarasenko's progress, Craig Berube said he's doing well. He's getting closer and closer. He couldn't give me a timeline like he didn't give me a game, but he's getting there, which makes me think he could he could be coming back sooner rather than later. I know his timeline was, I think, like around four weeks. I don't remember when exactly he was injured, but I think we're, you know, around the halfway mark maybe. Um, so, look, if the Blues get Tarasenko back, the sooner the better. As much as I hate to say it, he is the number one trade deadline uh, uh, piece that the Blues can dangle. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, it would be great to get him back. But also just in terms of the offense has definitely been lacking with Tarasenko and O'Reilly out. So getting either one of them back would do wonders for the offense. Um, the fact that he's skating is good. I'm sure they're just, they just want to be cautious with him, make sure he's fully healthy either when he returns to the lineup or when they try to trade him. Um, but yeah, you know, not a whole lot there. Um, there was a Scott Perunovich comment, um, Oh, and Alexandrov, who also I think was dealing with an injury. Nikita Alexandrov should be, quote, good to go for Thursday. And Perunovic has been cleared for contact, which is very encouraging. That's, I believe, the first time that's happened for him all season. But he has been cleared for some contact. The quote is some light, light, light. So still very much easing Scott Perunovic back into action. You know, they're not they're not rushing him by any means. So you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting few days, interesting few weeks as more injury news comes out. We see you know which players get healthy, which players don't get healthy. But like I said, the Blues have a little bit of a tough stretch coming up with some divisional opponents: Nashville, Chicago, and then Buffalo against Tage Thompson, which I'm sure will spark some completely reasonable and and not uh, out of proportion debate on whether or not the Blues ruined their franchise by trading away Tage Thompson. Um, full sarcasm there, by the way, in case that wasn't clear. Uh, but yeah, should be a few exciting games coming up. Um, you know, looking to get back on schedule here with the episode. So stay tuned for those. That being said, though, that is all the time I have for you guys today. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button or whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. That way you never miss a new episode. You can subscribe to me on YouTube. Apologies that the Friday episode didn't make it up on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube and you're wondering where the last episode was, I was about at this point of the episode a little bit earlier and then the website that I use to record the video and all of like the, the the graphics that you see right there and up there um it crashed and I was like you know what I'm 20 minutes in this was a great episode I'm not gonna sit here and re-record it so 
you haven't seen my face in about a week or so because of that. So if you watch this on YouTube and you missed that, it is up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff if you want to check it out there. But unless things go horribly wrong here in the next 15 seconds, this episode should be on YouTube. Um, make sure you subscribe there at Lockdown Blues. You can follow Lockdown Blues on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a wonderful evening. And as always, let's go Blues.